0: What's up, everybody? 5678 and Beyond is back. We're back. My name is Darian Pleasant.
1: And I'm Catherine Whedon.
0: And this is episode five.
1: Episode five. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) We made it.
0: We made it to 2023.
1: Yes. You know, what I love about changing from one year to the next um, is being able to look back on that year. And I think we can all agree that 2022 was hard. (laughs) <laughs> it was hard, man. Yeah, there were some rough. There were some rough moments. There was some really defining moments for me in 2022. Yeah, um, and I look back, and it's like only you know a week ago. It mm-hmm. was 2022, but it feels like shedding some skin.
0: Absolutely, but what the new year means that we have new opportunities.
1: Yes, new year. Every year brings an opportunity for hope, for growth, for an expansion of who you are. I think we can both agree that we are not really necessarily down with like new year's resolutions. No, I'm not a resolution guy. Yes. I- I'm not either. I've tried it before. Like, let's be honest. Like every woman's like new year's resolution. I'm going to be skinnier. I'm going to lose right. weight. I'm going to eat better. Right. And it's like, sometimes you set yourself up for failure. hundred um, percent. And so I think for me I know personally, like I look at each year and I, especially this year coming out of 22 and I was like, I'm going to set some goals. And those goals, I think, need to be, like, not massive jumps. They need to be small steps. Yeah, I agree. Because sometimes those goals and those resolutions Mm -hmm. every year are such a big step in changing who you are that they're unachievable, right?
0: I think that as people, we need to be self-aware enough to say, like, when we have either failed, when we have messed up, or when we can do better. Oh, yeah. But not in such a negative way that we, like, we don't want to move forward. But looking into a new year, we can say, cool, I wasn't my best self then here are some baby steps or small things I want to set in place for the new year. So I could make some good changes.
1: And I think baby steps is the key. You know, we talked about it during like tumbling blocks, like any step forward is a step forward. Yeah. And a kid can't come in that has a back handspring and go, I want to get a layout today. Yeah. So why is it as like people, we inherently come into a new year and we're like for 2023, I'm going to be a totally different person than I was yesterday.
0: Yeah. Unrealistic.
1: It's unrealistic. And you're setting yourself up for failure. And then let's not even talk about the amount of, um, guilt you carry when you yeah. can't see those Stress, resolutions guilt, through. anxiety paranoia i mean all, all, all the stuff all of the above yeah we're leaving all of that behind well <laughs> yes. some of that behind <laughs> 2022 um so today we're really just going to talk about like that shedding of skin from 2022 into 2023 in that we're not looking for resolutions but i think we both have a pretty strong idea of some personal and business and coaching oriented goals yeah we have basically three goals each that we kind of wanted to go into 2023, focusing it on. And again, these goals are not Mm life-changing. I'm a different person tomorrow than I was today. But I think they're just reminders of how do we find our best self? Mm -hmm. And how do we find our best coaching self? Right.
0: And how do we, again, like you just said, tie that into the thing that we love to do?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't think anybody walks out of a year and goes, well, most of us don't, like, I hate my job if you're in, like, the cheer world. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that in general, most coaches are pretty happy most owners, most directors, like cheer is such a cult. Like, right. you know, for 20 years, you try to get away from cheer and it just keeps coming back. Yeah. It's like it's like a warm blanket. It's like the, your favorite food. It's like an acquired skill. Yeah, it, it is. And it's like something that like just is in you. It's mm-hmm. just in your blood. I remember from the moment I started cheering till now, there have been many times that I've tried to be like, well, do I have something else in me? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other things in me, but there's nothing that makes me wake up like this yeah. every day. Right. Yeah. Even during the tough times. So um our, we don't hate our jobs. There are just times that were rough. In 2022 yeah. I think I think for me this fall was really really hard um, for a lot of reasons but we're going to kind of talk through that. Yeah. Um so I guess let's start with goals. Yeah. Do you
0: want to start with the first one? Sure. Uh so as uh, for me personally and as a tumbling coach, um my number one goal is to be flexible. Um I love and that. and what I mean by be flexible is I wrote down that like as coaches we should always be willing to learn and expand to some degree. I love and in, that. And in the same fashion, I think that it's not so much big, huge changes, but if I happen to learn a technique that could help my athletes um, get the skill a bit better, retain the skill, better, prevent more injury, I'm going to immediately try and apply that to my coaching style.
1: I love that. And you know, what that says to me is about you as a person is that you're humble enough to believe in what you do, but also humble enough to learn from others. Absolutely. Right. And there's a hundred ways to skin a cat. I always say that, but I don't skin any cats. Right. <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, like the idea that yours is the most superior way is such a terrible way. of It thinking. is. It is no way to live. Yes. Yeah. So I love that. You know, your goal <laughs> is to be willing to be flexible because that in, that in itself is like exactly what we're trying to teach the kids. Right. Mm-hmm. We try to teach the kids that if you were a flyer, but now you're a base, if you were a backstop, but now you're a second, like, like, relish in the fact that we believe in your ability to learn a new skill set because right. not every kid can learn a new skill set yeah right difficult. and we tell them like it doesn't matter what position you are in a stunt it doesn't matter that you were in this part of the dance guess what you were smart enough to learn this new part right so we teach the kids to be flexible but I do think that's a great goal like yeah as adults like sometimes especially in coaching we can just dig our feet in the sand and decide that our way is the only way Right. and sometimes that can be more detrimental oh yeah And, you know, we've talked a lot about like, you know, hot button about like, like, I don't love, and we don't allow the kids in our gyms to do privates at other places. And it's not because I don't think that other people can't teach about handspring. Well, it's, you know, progression. It's, there's a lot of other factors, but when we have school cheer kids that, you know, there's coaches at school cheer teach them one way and we're teaching them a different way. What I always go to with is like, it's a style preference. And the way that your coach is teaching you at school cheer is not wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just a style preference, but in the gym, this is my style preference. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think flexibility is big. And I think yeah. I think that, you know, I may add that to my, yeah.
0: my goals for 2023. Yeah, sure. And like there's plenty of people I will text if let's say I'm having an issue with an athlete. You know, I remember uh, a couple months ago I was working with a girl and she was doing her standing full. Mm-hmm. And I've taught standing fools before, but for some reason I was just struggling with the way that she was doing it and trying to use my, the technique I've learned to teach her. I recorded videos sent to a friend of mine and he gave me some advice and she literally was doing them in the next couple of minutes. You know what I mean? Or I follow plenty of accounts on social media or that are talking about different tips and things like that. And if I feel like it works and it looks cool and um, it's beneficial, I try and add it into what I'm doing.
1: Absolutely. And kids learn so many different ways, yeah. right? Like, and we are always taught like, oh, they learn by hearing, by seeing, by doing. But there's probably honestly like 10 more ways that kids learn, For right? Sure. And so like you help those kids by being flexible like that. And just the fact that you are willing yeah. to ask somebody else, Hey, I'm confident enough in what I'm doing, but I'm also wanting the best for this kid. How do I, how do I move forward? Yeah. Like that to me is so cool. That's to me is so cool. I think, I think we can all be more flexible. Yeah. And I think that shows a sign of maturity to be honest. I
0: agree. I agree.
1: Yes. So my first goal for 2023 is to remind myself that. Tenacity is taught in application and not in words. Mm, Break that down. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Um, If you're friends with me on Facebook, you've heard me make the comment, like, I am putting Band-Aids on bullet wounds, (laughs) like, Mm. you know, and there's a lot of this fall that felt like that. Um, And I actually had a coach say that to me and I was like, that totally describes what I'm doing right now. Um, And, you know, tenacity is the ability to, like, stay the course when things are not going right, right? And I think that there is a lot of stress in the coaching life right now. Mm -hmm. And in all stars, I think more right now than probably ever. Yeah. Um, And if you're a coach out there, I know you, I know you understand it. Um, Constant score sheet changes. Um, We feel like we're kind of working in the dark and we're working towards what we think is the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then you start competing in October or November or December. And it's like, okay, so everything you've said on paper, doesn't feel like exactly what you want from us. So then we're trying to make quick adjustments and adaptations. And um, that's our job, right? But I don't know about anybody else, but this fall we had the most amount of sickness and kind of like minor injuries that were just a nuisance, yeah. right? Um, flu A, B, um, COVID, strep, you know, um, respiratory, upper respiratory. We've had a lot yeah. this fall. And so we really struggled with, Practice attendance, Um, because again, if a kid has strep and they're not on medicine and they're not in a place where they're um, non-contagious, they can't be at the gym. They can't because we can't have a whole team with strep, right? No, I don't want strep, right? But it was really, really hard, and it's like you're preparing for these events, you're trying to get into the season um, opportunities, and we just it just felt like every week on every team, it was just something different.
0: And with the list of things you're considering and thinking about. Going into a comp weekend, mm-hmm. the last thing you're expecting is someone to message you and say, yeah, um, Sally's not going to make it.
1: Right. And our parents in Luxland are really pretty good. Like they know like it's comp week. So if it's something minor, like they're going to be there. But, you know, it's like, you know, a hyper extension of an elbow. Well, that kiddo can't tumble for the next week and a half. If I was a crazy coach, I'd be like, push through. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm a coach and a parent who understands that, like, there is short term concerns and there's long-term yeah and if you're really short-sighted you're just like push through Mm -hmm. make it happen that's how we were taught when we were younger was everything was a push through and there are times for push through and there's times for okay well what is a strain right now can be a major injury if we continue on yeah right and so i always try to come back to like what's the best interest of the kids yeah um and it's really hard to convince a kid or a parent who thinks they're hurt that the kid's not hurt. And I've kind of gotten to this place where I'm like, I won't try to convince you yeah. that your kid's not hurt. Let's just work with it. Um, but there was a lot of adversity in competitions. Um, so you're having these injuries and you're having sickness during a time when kind of it felt like our routines were getting flipped on. And because what we thought they wanted across both different score sheets wasn't an application what they needed. Mm-hmm. So we're making adjustments. But at one point in time I was like for one for two of our teams had had two injuries kind of back to back that the kids weren't out for the season they were just out for a short period of time but it really changed the dynamic of those yeah. routines and I had said to the parents like the easiest thing we could have done is just drop them from the event those two teams let the other ones go but like tenacity is taught and, and adversity is taught in application yeah. like like those kids are gonna have to go out there and fight through it and was it perfect was it the best routines we ever put on the floor no but like I still have so much pride in those kids going out there and yeah. doing that. And I think as a coach, it was a very hard time to know like those routines are band right? They're like they're it's hard. Yeah. Like it's not gonna be the best that's gonna be. But to a certain extent, what I wanna do is remind myself that like tenacity in teaching adversity and teaching how to push to adversity is the best thing we can do with children, mm. right? Yeah. And as adults. So I wanna continue to not take the easy road and teach a quitting mentality. Yeah,
0: I think that as coaches, sometimes it's difficult to remember that even though we are coaching them for a moment, we are trying to keep their keep their future inside as well. So, you know, what we're doing with them now is going to hopefully help them to become better humans. Absolutely. And better people. So if we can start encouraging and teaching tenacity and teaching kids how to push through difficult moments, I mean, how much better are they going to be when... They get they, they become a college cheerleader or some yep. college sport or just you know an adult.
1: I have kids that I coached when I first came to Tulsa and first started coaching at All Stars and first started coaching at Union, and they still reach out to me mm-hmm. and they're like, "Let me tell you what happened at my job." And I just thought to myself, "What would Cat Whedon say? Right. You know, if my back's against the wall, you fight. You don't you don't give up. Mm-hmm. You fight." And they're using that as an adult, and yeah. I'm like, for them they they can see the lesson, and all I can think about is. Well, that stunt fell and we mm-hmm. lost state. But those are the <laughs> words I said to you afterwards. Yeah. But they yeah. they they kept – they keep that stuff. So, yeah, um, I think every coach out there, like, you are – you are not a sum of every performance that is on the floor – And it is hard to watch performances that you know are going to have a hard time being successful. But it's the right thing to do to continue to compete. So every coach out there that made it through fall 2022. Congratulations. You are getting, yeah, you are, you are, I'm giving you the utmost respect right now because it was hard. For sure. It was hard. So, yep. So teaching tenacity and continuing to. Yeah, that's a good one. To have that grace for myself Mm -hmm. during those moments too. Yeah. Is my, is my, is my first one.
0: That's awesome. So, number two, I have kids having uh, more fun in class and private. I love that. Yeah. So, I think that I really want when kids come to work with me, and I wrote down the word experience, Mm -hmm. I want them to have an experience with Coach Darian, right? And not that Lux doesn't already have that atmosphere, but I just want them to love coming to the gym. And Mm -hmm. I I wrote down here, I wanted to cultivate an environment where um, kids have a desire to learn and get better. I love that. While it's still being fun. And I think yep. sometimes as coaches, we have a hard time combining the two. I know at some point I had a hard time combining the two, mm-hmm. but I feel like if kids are enjoying themselves, they're naturally going to want to be in the gym more often, um, do more privates, you know, come to class, do clinics. And I think that's going to help create that kind of that fire. in them. I said, oh my gosh, like, I love doing this. It's something I've chosen to do, but I'm also going to get better.
1: And I think you hit something that is so important. Which is you can lose focus on the fun. Yeah. And every once in a while, I'll say to one of the set of coaches or a team or to the tumbling coaches, like, like this may just be a routine six o'clock Monday class for you, but this kid may may be waiting for this class all yeah. week, yeah, all week. So if their back bend kickover isn't the best, mm-hmm. but it is better than last week, that may be the biggest, yeah, you know, accomplishment for them, right? And so, like, what to us can become very routine for them is. It's Wednesday. I get to tumble. I had a private just yesterday and I worked
0: with a girl who (laughs) will laugh at with each other. And I'll say, sometimes you tumble like a wet spaghetti noodle. Mm -hmm. And she'll kind of crack up because she knows it's true. But sometimes when we're doing things like back walkovers, her legs are kind of crazy and things like that. But yesterday I made it a point to celebrate when her her legs got straight. Even though the rest of her body was kind of crazy. But you should have seen the the smile on her face. Yep. Right. And I feel like as coaches, if we are losing sight of that moment where like we can celebrate over straight legs, but the rest of you is crazy, we yep. got to take a break or we got to step back. Well, or perfectioni-
1: perfectionism is not good in kids, honestly, in my opinion, and it's not good in adults, and especially mm, not coaches. Yeah. Because the the strive for perfection is so unattainable for most kids. Yeah. You know, um, it in cheer. There's a couple ways to get perfection at a level, which is to sandbag. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the term that we use for a team that could compete at level four, but then it's competing at level three or level two at some gyms. Other gyms will say it's not sandbagging. It is just putting them at a place where they can be the most successful. And I see that perspective too. Right. But I have like a personal growth mentality in the gym, right? Like I want every kid to continue to get better. For sure. And we know that there are some times that we're going to do a brand new um, junior three team and it's going to be a hard first year for them. But for me, like the moving forward is always important, right? Mm -hmm. But like if all you concern yourself with is perfectionism, it becomes very frustrating really fast. And celebrating those little wins is how you get kids to remember those wins. Your brain and your body remembers after you do something and and we celebrate it. Do that again. Yeah. Just like that. And I think uh
0: as coaches, we all know that there are some kids who like this is just like their recreational activity. Yeah. They did not really come here for all the technique talk. They didn't come here to learn confidence. The they didn't they didn't come for all that. This is literally their choice of sport like somebody else would choose baseball or karate or some other
1: thing. Yeah, or to go work out. Like this yeah. is this is their activity. Um and I think it's important that you know the difference between rec kids for sure. and all stars and even for all stars like we've got kids who like for them they want to be at a level that is more easy for them. Mm-hmm. They don't want the push. They yeah. want they feel better being settled in yeah, a level.
0: and I think it ties back to uh the first one about being flexible. Like are you too uh fully yourself as a coach to to not recognize that and then push Sally Mm -hmm. you know more than she really wants to be pushed right right or can we have fun with them can they enjoy their 30 minute lesson with us or hour lesson with us and leave here with a smile and say mom my legs got straight you know
1: oh yeah and and I, i i see coaches online that have kids who have got excellent technique and some skills and i'm like way to go coaches like 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 that's hard to teach yeah perfection perfection for me like If they can do a skill safely, and for me, like a lot of times reps Mm -hmm. is how you get closer to perfect. Reps and minor adjustments. Reps and minor adjustments. And then drills that fix those kinds of things. Um, When we first started as a world's program, man, the first three years, like our fools were like off the ground, over the shoulder, Mm -hmm. bent landings. Like, and when they would land somewhat good, we'd be like, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Lux is a baby. We're in our ninth season. So Mm -hmm. we've only been around for eight and a half years. But sometimes I'll spend a lot of time comparing ourselves to like gyms that have been around for 30 and 25 mm-hmm. years. And our development and even the last four years in tumbling has come a long way. We yeah. still have so much to go in yeah. every aspect. But like I can sit back right now and celebrate like the tumbling that we throw for legends is so much better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And the reps have helped, those kids getting stronger, having better examples within the gym have mm-hmm. helped. But yeah, you know, sometimes you have to just celebrate they did a good two and a fold yeah. to their feet. Was it textbook perfect? Were their ankles glued? Were their toes pointed? Maybe not this time, mm-hmm. but like if I don't celebrate it, yeah, how do we keep moving forward? Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. that's
0: that's my number two. Just creating a stress free environment in the gym where kids like like we've talked about in the past, like don't want to miss coming, that they enjoy their time with me, mm-hmm. but also they're leaving here like feeling good about themselves, excited, and
1: I love it. I love it. So my number two is something that as a coach who works for me, you're already seeing it kind of in play. Um, My number two goal this year that I've kind of been mulling over all of December was expanding out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. in the gym. Yeah, Like, and everybody's comfort zone is a little bit different. But for me, like, if you know me, you know, I love the D2 small gym community and I'm not jumping out of that, you know, anytime soon. But I do think that there have been things that I've done um, to... Keep us small, not even just an all-star size, but class size, um, extra offering size, because smaller is comfortable Mm -hmm. for me. It's, 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 I feel like I've got a very good grasp on every single thing that happens in this gym. Mm -hmm. Right. And our previous owner that we all worked for Mm a long time ago was a really, you know, overall like good person, but like the kind of environment we had in the gym was kind of toxic, Mm -hmm. you know, and it didn't work out really well and it did not feel like a very coach centered environment. Um, it felt like a very money centered environment. And when I, um, came into ownership of Lux, the first thing I thought to myself was like, I don't want to be that person. Right. Mm -hmm. So I kind of swung really hard the other way. I was a coach for much longer than I was a director than I've been an owner. So I always have a very, very, very like strong coaches, side to everything I make in decision-making. And I'm not going to change that anytime soon, but as we look to the future, there are things that I want to do. I want to continue to be able to give our staff livable wages and continue to give them raises and continue to give them opportunities for, you know, financial expansion within the gym. It's always been like my number one goal, but if I think small, that's hard to do. Right. So like, I have to think bigger so that people that want to take advantage of that can mm-hmm. the the more that we expand as a company the more that we can expand financially on the coaching side and the ownership side um there are easy ways to do that without expansion of the brand you just charge people more mm-hmm. I hate doing that yeah I hate doing that I hate doing that that is not that is not something I want to do so we need to expand the brand and for me it's not comfortable like um I want a gym of the coaches and of the people but there are things that I have to do to move our business forward in a way that makes the business the pinpoint. And, you know, like if you've been around Luxland, look, I'm, I shouldn't even putting this out there. Cause the parents <laughs> are going to be like texting me like, yes, do it. You know, we're in the, we're come May. We're in the last year of our contract at our current facility. And, you know, there's a lot of questions surrounding like, will we stay mm-hmm. in this building? We have a 7,500 square foot gym, one full floor, a four, four mat, flat mat, tumble track, rod floor, air floor. And we've got five additional panels, a spring floor, um, but we're busting at the seams. Mm-hmm. And there's like a big question of do we go bigger? <laughs> right. And in order for us to go bigger this last year, I really need to push yeah. all of the programs. I need to push REC. I need to push additional offerings um to see if it's realistic. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, because the decision will have to be made like yeah. in the next three to four months for on sure. whether we're going to look bigger for next year. Um, we're actually already starting to look. um But when I look at that kind of stuff, I go, it's really scary. Yeah to expand i'm so comfortable mm-hmm. but it's better for the for the business and it's right. better for lux and it's better for our athletes if my vision keeps getting bigger right. and bigger and that doesn't mean like i'm gonna have somebody text me like are you guys gonna be out of d2 no like and we're, we're not gonna be hiding 100 kids like some people do yeah. what we're gonna do is continue to offer things that um expand our brand that have nothing to do with all-star cheer yeah and
0: i think as, a, as an owner um, and me running like a small business myself, there are sometimes you do decisions and like people don't like them.
1: People don't. People right? hate change. People it's, hate it's, change. It's, it's interesting
0: how many like. So I run. I run a small clothing brand called Upholder of the Good.
1: Upholder of the Good. <laughs> Buy them on Instagram. <laughs> Go check us
0: out. Um, yes. But
1: about to have a sale. Get be, all your
0: gear. It'll be interesting. It's interesting how many like how much advice I get mm-hmm. on the kind of clothes I should sell. Oh, I bet. And it's like cool. Some of it, some of it's great advice, and I, I listen to it and I try and apply it. By the time, I'm just like you clearly don't know what we're doing, right?
1: And that's hard, man. Oh, like, you don't have
0: you clearly don't have my vision.
1: Yes, right. Like I'm gonna sound like a not nice person for two seconds, but it is really hard to take advice about like what direction we should go on the building from people that don't have to pay the bills, right? <laughs> like, right, like you know, because what people want mm-hmm. is a nicer, newer facility with more than one bathroom. <laughs> dear God, please, right? Please, go please, catch. please. <laughs> um, but they want to. Make the, the same amount of money or more. Mm. The parents don't want to pay anymore. And I don't want yeah. the parents to pay anymore. Yeah. Um, everybody wants to continue to increase their, you know, their hold and what they have, yeah. but they want somehow for the money to kind of come out of thin air. Yeah. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. So, you know, expansion of product in Lux on what we're doing is where I'm kind of at right now. But to be honest, it's, it's uncomfortable because I've, mm-hmm. I've been very comfortable. We don't even like heavily um, advertise tryouts. Of That's Lux. true <laughs> We don't. Um, because I'm just happy and I'm mm-hmm. comfortable. But I promised myself going into 2023 that I would continue to make moves that um created a more stable business, yeah. which is, the business is stable, but a more stable business and that continued to expand what we have and gave us different opportunities and lanes so that the coaches can, you know, invest more of the ones who want to. Because well, that's another thing. It's like people have to want. To invest That's right. true, and
0: I think that something to consider because you know obviously this life that you're living and what you're doing is something you're passionate about. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you have to make the decision: is this just like a passion project, and you really aren't, you don't care about mm-hmm. expansion and making money, or is it a business first? And that's, absolutely, that's something you have to kind of confront. As
1: yes, and everybody, you know, we're kind of going on a tangent, but in a gym atmosphere. Whoever your like overall director or owner is, there's like this idea that for most gyms, like they're just making all this money, and the mm-hmm. gym is just like, like in our family, like my husband who is a police officer, he's a lieutenant and a te- detective. He is the breadwinner in our house by far,
0: mm-hmm.
1: by far. His department continuing to do uh, pay raises, and like they just actually just turned over another pay raise that mm-hmm. they're getting for this year. That is how we as the weedens survive, yeah. right? So the gym, I intentionally have not changed what I made monthly from when I was the director mm, okay. five years ago. Yeah, Like it hasn't like, because for me, it's like I can make a really great livable wage as the owner of it if I pull that money out of the gym. But right now I've used that money to reinvest in our staff, mm-hmm. right? But what I want in the future is for, Everybody that wants to be able to make a livable amount of money in the gym be able to live it, be able to do that, yeah. you know. But yeah, there's a huge misconception that like we're just making a lot of money. But to me, it's like as the gym grows, we should all financially become more stable. For sure, you know, I don't, I don't fault coaches and owners that have a really bustling program and they are making enough money to afford super nice cars, super nice houses. What says that you should own a business and then you should not be able to live off of the merits of that business? Absolutely, I agree. You know, if Upholder of the Good again go find them on Instagram. If that business in the next three years booms, Come you on. and your wife should be more financially stable. You speak
0: that into existence. I'm
1: speaking into existence. <laughs> you should be more financially yeah. stable. And there is a lot of guilt that comes with um, ownership, where people expect you to not be having nice things. They expect mm-hmm. you to not. Um, it's always like, well, the gym's doing great. I see you got a new car. No, no, no. That was the extra, you know, 17 jobs of choreography that I took this year. (laughs) Like that's what brought that car. (laughs) It's like the extra 17 jobs of choreography. That's true. And And yes, something
0: you and I talked about recently is that like, you have to, you have to know when the seasons are changing. Yes. Right. And I believe that life is full of different seasons and some seasons call for this other seasons call for that.
1: Oh yeah. And if you're
0: not sensitive to the changing of seasons, you're gonna put yourself in a funky position.
1: Absolutely. And nobody likes change. Mm-hmm. But if the gym wins, we all win. Yeah. Right. And as we try to expand the rec program, as we try to expand other offerings in the gym that are not just all-star, um, it's better it's beneficial for the coaches. It mm-hmm. offers more hours, it offers more kids, you know, more kids for private lessons. But, like, you know, making sure the staff is, like, you know, gym-oriented is hard. Yeah. Because you want to empower them to, like, you know, every coach in your gym is almost kind of like an independent contractor in your gym. Mm-hmm. Like, our coaches are, you know, W-2. They're not independent contractors. But, like, you know, you earn your own kind of, like, business out of the gym mm-hmm. with private lessons and, you know, with clinics that the gym offers and all this kinds of stuff. And you like, like as, a, as, an, as a previous coach who still is a coach but now as an owner, I love every piece of that. Like, I love that, Darian, if you want to hustle this month, you can hustle and you can make extra money, Mm -hmm. depending on how much time you want to put in. Right. There are some coaches that don't want to do that, and that's fine. But for me, if the gym expands and grows, it's only in the benefit of the coaches and, honestly, of the kids and families that are a part of it. Yeah. You know? And so for us, it's like, how do we create expansion and growth? That's a little uncomfortable for Mm me. That gives um, families an opportunity to invest more into the program or new families to come in and invest Mm -hmm. into the program and
0: and and just to just to end our tangent is that that's i think you hit the nail on the head as you're growing whether you're Mm -hmm. um, a coach um, whether you're an owner it's family oriented it's people oriented right Mm -hmm. so i can't ever think to myself i want to do all this but i really don't want to see the families and kids benefit yep it it doesn't
1: work it doesn't work yep absolutely um you know, everybody has, like, different ways they run stuff. But, like, for us, when we bonus practice with All-Stars, we don't charge them for bonus practicing. Mm-hmm. We don't. Um, There are gyms that do, and I respect the heck out of it, and I understand why they do. Mm-hmm. For us, I, I want to be able to call a bonus practice and there to be very little um roadblocks to doing it. Yeah. And if we're charging the kids, you know, $10 an hour for bonus practicing per kid, like, that's just another expense, right? So, when you're talking about things that like are benefits to the family, there are things like that, that like, we're always like, we're never going to charge people for bonus practices, mm-hmm. you know, but that also counteracts for, Oh, well, new year's fell on a Monday. So the gym was closed on Monday. Mm-hmm. Like it all kind of is a balance, yeah. but yeah. So for me, my number two was just expanding out of my comfort zone and being willing to expand the brand, yeah. you know? And again, that's hard. Cause man, I'm comfortable and happy, <laughs> Yeah. but I have to look towards the future. And I have to look towards what's the best for the gym yep. over the next five years. So that hit is. us with your number That's three. That's a
0: good one. Number three, um, I guess it's kind of similar to number two, um, but I put down creating more of an atmosphere that kids want to overcome fears and jump over obstacles.
1: Yes, I love that. Yeah.
0: Um, so the, the example that came in mind was that I just did a lesson with a girl who had a mental block over standing back handsprings and running back handsprings. And we've gotten to a place where she can do them by herself on the spring floor. But every once in a while, she will come into the gym and she'll look at me, and the first thing out of her mouth is, I'm scared. Right? So, yesterday, same uh, situation, she looks at me and she goes, I'm scared. I need to warm it up on the rod floor. And every once in a while, and again, coaches, you have to be, you have to know your kid. You have mm-hmm. to know what you can, how far you can push and how far you can't, right? Respectfully um, and not creating trauma. Mm-hmm. So, I know that I can push her just a little bit because she'll listen. And I said to her, I said, Do you need to? She goes, Well, I don't know. I said, I need a yes or a no. She goes, well, no. I said, can you warm it up on the spring floor? I don't know. I said, I need a yes or a no. Well, yes. I said, all right, go over there and get set up. And she looks at me. and She goes, I'm scared. I said, okay, you can do this by yourself. You've done it before. I know we haven't done a lesson in, you know since break started. I said, but you can successfully do a round of back handspring. I said, my concern is not that it's pretty. My concern is that you challenge yourself right now and see if you can do it. And sure enough, she ran out there, did a round of back handspring on the spring floor, and it didn't even look that crazy. No, I saw it. Right. And then when she walked back over, I said, now look at that. You said I'm scared and you were getting ready to give yourself an out when you physically and confidently can do this skill successfully. I said, this is a life goal. Also, you're going to I I always go back to life goals with kids. because I think it's a good tie. But I told her in life, you're going to encounter moments where your response is going to be. I'm scared. I said, but but I said, but does that mean that you can't accomplish something? Mm -hmm. Right. She just kind of had a quiet moment and she did. She did a couple more by herself. So that is the atmosphere that I really want to create here at Lux. I want that experience to happen when pe- when kids are working with Coach Darian or coming to Tumbling class. I want to be able to challenge them and then that they feel comfortable, um, like I put here, overcoming fears and jumping over obstacles.
1: I love it. And you know, like we're not at the end yet, but that is such a five, six, seven, eight and beyond moment. For sure. Which is, man, uh, I, it's like hard to tell kids like, hey, as an adult, every day you're still going to have moments that are very scary. Absolutely. Like we are we are waiting on the impending birth of Darian's first child. Yes. Uh, that's got to be that's got to be terrifying but exciting. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is exciting. And listen, when when your beautiful wife Sandy goes into labor, it's going to be the scariest moment of your life. I believe it. <laughs> and then that moment before your baby's born is going to be the scariest moment of your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the next moment is going to be the greatest moment yeah. of your entire
0: life. I believe that.
1: Right? But you know, teaching these kids resilience, tenacity, yeah. how to fight adversity. I mean, we just keep coming back to it. Right. And I think every coach aims to teach life lessons, but I think you have to talk those life lessons yeah. through. Yeah. Because they can't always just pick up that life lesson yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Like you have to say to them, this was hard. Yeah. Like, like you were scared. You could have you could have had flight or fight and flown, mm-hmm. but you fought through yeah. it. And that's, that's what you have to do. When yeah. things are scary, but you know that you can do it safely, you got to fight.
0: Yeah. And that's one thing I, I come back to. With, and again, coaches, you have to know your kids. I tell her in our lessons, because with her, I don't do spotting at all. I do not spot her. Which is great. Um, and I tell her, I said, my concern with you is not that you have poor technique, not that you need to learn how to do a backhand swing because you can do everything just fine. My concern with you is, are you going to challenge yourself to do this over and over and over again? And she knows it. So she'll come in and it's the same routine every time. Um, but something I also do tip for coaches is that when kids are telling me that they're scared, I have them explain it to me in words. Yep. So I say, okay, I said, tell me what that feels like. And I always say, try your best to give me words to describe what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we talk, we, it's worth the five minutes of your 45, 30 minute hour lesson for a kid to, to walk through this with you mm-hmm. because it helps you coach better. But it also helps them realize this is rational. Again, this is irrational. This It really isn't that true. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it helps them kind of put verbally um, what they're feeling inwardly. And then you can kind of gear your lesson from there. Again, you're
1: teaching kids to express themselves in in a space that's safe. Yep. You know, and we I think maybe episode one or two, we talked about how, like, you know, I have a really big push that kids starting in, like, middle school have to communicate with you. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, you have to teach kids how to – no safe adults from unsafe adults. And mm-hmm. you have to teach them how to advocate for themselves. And the fact that she walks in and she's willing to tell you like, well, I'm scared. But then you're like, okay, well, let's talk through it. And reinforcing like the fear is normal. Yes. We have to keep working through it so that every time you walk in here, that fear presents itself just a little less yeah. each time. And one day you're going to walk in here, put your bag down, stretch, warm up, and you're going to just do that back handspring without any of that for preamble.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, just a just cool story to wrap up, my number three is that I work with a nine-year-old, and she always had a hard time admitting when she was nervous or afraid. Mm-hmm. So I did a lesson with her earlier this week, and she did around a round of backhand. She took and she like kind of fell out of it, and she sits on the ground. And she goes, oh, "I got scared on that one," mm-hmm. and like I don't even think she realized what she said. But for me as a coach, it was like a proud moment because like I just like we just talked about. I always want the kids to be able to be honest. It's yes. okay if you're feeling afraid, but she confidently said, "I'm scared." I said, "Cool, get back up, try it again," and she did it Yep. right so if i can if we can uh disassociate that i'm afraid with i can't continue mm-hmm. to where like i'm afraid but i'm gonna get up and try again i think we're we're on something
1: yep and you know we came out of the generation of like you can't say can't yeah you can't say i'm afraid you can't say i'm scared but those are for the feelings that they're having those are the verbal like the outward verbal intentions of how they feel right and you have to recognize it and then just go let's talk through it So what you're not actually feeling is fear. What you're feeling is uncertainty, Mm -hmm. you know, and uncertainty can feel like fear. So let's talk it through. Let's get rid of some of that uncertainty, Yeah. you know, but those are things for the kids in the long run you're doing that are going to be better. Like, you know, but yeah, letting them know that an obstacle is always going to be standing in their path in life. Mm -hmm. And that like, you know, we tell kids like, okay, like we're going full out again. Like, here we go. We made some adjustments. We're going full out. You can't go around those obstacles. Yeah. You can't go under them. You can't go over them. You can't go on the sides of them. You have to go through them. I used right? to love pullouts. Yeah. <laughs> to look, every kid in the world is like, no, um, but you you have to go through them, right? It's like a fire. You have to go through it to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. And we say that a lot. Like it doesn't get better unless you go through. Like you you can't go around it. Mm-hmm. You know you can't you can't go around you know, obstacles in life all the time. Sometimes you can avoid them. Sometimes you can make better choices on paths to to avoid them, but like obstacles are obstacles, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And as coaches, we just got to see those obstacles. We got to keep moving forward. Yeah. But I love that one that like creating an environment where they feel like we can overcome them. Mm -hmm. I think that's super cool. And that's another way that's like just collaborative in the the building. We just are on the same page there. Mm -hmm. So here goes my number three. And my number three is going to sound kind of weird, but I think Mm -hmm. it's for me like kind of like my rally cry for 2023, mm-hmm. which is just being more selfish. That sounds so awful. Like
0: again, it, break that down.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let me break that down. Selfish with who I give my energy to. Mm, okay. Okay. So like I am an empath by nature, but I'm also like a stone cold killer. So like <laughs> I can <laughs> so, so I can compartmentalize my feelings mm-hmm. like a champ. I would not say that it's actually <laughs> the greatest thing ever to have as like, you know, a superpower, but I can compartmentalize anything. Like I can be literally having an entire fire on the inside of me and I can look cool and calm on the outside. Um I don't know where, that, I mean, life cheerleading has just kind of like hardened me in that place, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um like energy wise, like there are people that all they want to do in your life is suck the energy out of you. Yes. And I am like a, no ma'am like Mm -hmm. like no ma'am and there are people that i gave energy to this year um within the gym without the gym in personal life um that i'm just like you it it is a choice for me to give you my energy and i'm gonna be more selfish about that right Mm -hmm. um my second part was peace like Mm -hmm. i think i said it during the episode when we were talking about defriending parents on (laughs) facebook i choose my peace over everything and going into 2023 i'm going to continue that on um, I would say I started twenty two twenty twenty two not defending my peace. and then uh, about November or not November around May, I was just like my piece is above everything, mm-hmm. right? And so going into this year, I'm gonna be more selfish about like who I let my piece go for.
0: Yeah, give us a um a practical okay. either like application <laughs> or example of um, like what it looks like to defend your piece. Um, because I feel like that can be taken out of context. And yes. it can be abused and become toxic. Yes. So what does it look like to do that in a healthy way?
1: So like, let's say in the gym, let's say like, and we kind of talked about this like on episode two, like we have a parent that has like, that is mad about something at practice mm-hmm. and they are just texting, calling, like acting crazy um, or acting in a passionate way in, you know, defense of their child. There you go. Right. <laughs> so number one is I usually I'm going to sit on it. And then number two is we're going to have a talk, preferably over the phone, face-to-face about it. And then after that, I'm going to let it go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let it go. Yeah. So a parent being mad about a team placement, a formation, uh, you know, well, you chipped off at my kiddo. I, I had that this year, like, or last year, like, well, you came into the youth practice and you chipped off at the kiddos and, you know, you got, like, they really got in their feelings and they got in the car and they were upset. And I was like, well, they needed some accountability. For their mm-hmm. skills. Like, it's the fun, the fun, fun and games are over. Yep. <laughs> like, right? They need some accountability. And you know what happened in the next practice? So, the practice before, we had nine kids either not throw or put their hands down on a pass, including my child. Mm-hmm. And I chipped off at them about it one by one, not in a way to embarrass them, but in a way to say, like, you are accountable for the skill. You're on this team to do the skill. Yeah. Like, and again, I had a parent reach out to me, which I always tell them, I will take 100 out of 100 times a parent coming and talking to me. Cause we can get through it. Yeah. And you know, as like in a typical response, the parent was like, well, my kiddo got upset because you, you know, got onto her about not throwing the pass. And after five minutes talking to the parent, the parent was like, I totally get it. She was like, I get it. Yeah. And I said, sometimes, especially when you're talking about like youth kids and I don't coach that team regularly, like I have to come in and I have to kind of be the bad cop. Sometimes yeah. the next practice, not a skill miss. Mm-hmm. And it kind of was like, well, look, now we can celebrate it. Right. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, once I talk to that parent and I resolve it, I move on. I'm not going to sit there and linger and worry about it. And I'm not like, like that to me is above my peace. Like it's about like the peace within me, which is I'm going to tell you what happened. We're going to move on from it. You're going to hear our side. And if you didn't love it and you don't like it, maybe Lux isn't the right environment for you. But nine times out of 10 when I can talk to somebody, we're good to go. Right. But you know, for me, protecting my peace just comes with like, like once we've conflict resolved, I have to move on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You can't stay there. Yeah, I can't stay there in a place where I'm like, every time I talk to this kid as his parent, can get upset. Like, I'm like, I have to move on, right? So I'm protecting my peace. Um, I'm gonna be more selfish about my time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not just like within the gym, and that's not even like really focused on the gym. That's like as my time as like a mother, as a wife, and a spouse to somebody. Mm-hmm. My time. That's like my individual time. Um, I don't know about you, but I can be in that place sometimes where I can worry all mm, day yeah i can worry it's debilitating it really
0: is like it, i can worry it's hard to focus outside mm-hmm. of
1: it and i've said it to other people before and i heard it years ago that somebody was like stop worrying about things that are going to come that you think are not going to go well mm-hmm. because then every time you worry you live that moment yeah you're... right so if i'm worried about thursday and it's monday i'm worrying about it on monday and i've lived it and i'm worried about it on tuesday and i've lived yeah. it i've worried about it on wednesday and i live it and I'm to thursday and if it goes the way i think it's going to go which is not great I'm going to live it again on Thursday, Mm -hmm. but if it goes great, then why did I spend three days living that? For sure. You can't get back, can't get back that time. Yes. And so I want to be more selfish with my time and that I don't feel like I take a lot of time um, as much time as I need for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to scheduling stuff, like Andrew, my husband will tell you, like my choreography schedule was outlandish Mm -hmm. this fall. But honestly, again, I have to do choreography to continue to bring in additional income but i just overcorrected that this mm-hmm. year i just did too much did too much yeah. and so i have to be more selfish with my time um and even more selfish in the gym about where our money is spent
0: mm-hmm.
1: last year we came out of two events and i was like we're not gonna return to those events i just even if it's just for a year i just need a year break i did not feel like the interactions on the back side were what i wanted mm-hmm. to like we we're spending a massive yeah. amount of money um you know, like we may go to one event and if we bring most of the program, that event may cost us upwards of almost $20,000 mm-hmm. on registration fees. Um, you know, and I'm like, why am I giving these people all this money to disrespect me mm-hmm. on the backside? Yeah. And of those two events, we went back to one again this year already and we did not go back to the other one. And again, it may just be a year break. And after the event this year, again, I was like, I made that choice to go back knowing how I felt at the end of last year yeah. and it was shame on me. So we will not go back again sure. <laughs> next year, even if it's a year break, sometimes mm-hmm. we just need a cleansing break. And so I just felt like we have to internally I have to be more selfish on where I spend my money mm-hmm. um, as the gym in picking events that even if they look good on paper and the overall, like the success of the gym is great, but on the backside, it is not good for poor experience. Yes. Yeah, poor experience on the backside of it. I'm like, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. Makes sense. Um And then the last thing is just be more selfish on what our brand is and how to expand that brand. And again, like that is, it's internal, like Lux is me and I am Lux. Like, as far as like, I'm going to always be the cornerstone of it. Mm -hmm. My coaches are what make Lux magical Mm -hmm. and they are what make Lux function. But like, I still have to stay true to like my vision of what it was and what it's going to be. And right now I'm trying to expand that vision. But at the end of the day, like if I'm not comfortable with a direction we're going in any one sector, like I have to be more selfish and saying I don't like that direction. Yeah. And that's the owner's
0: responsibility.
1: Yes. And it's hard. It's hard because we are at a gym where I am working amongst friends. Mm -hmm. You are people that have been in my life for
0: tens of years, Mm -hmm. lots of years. And we're all pretty opinionated.
1: (laughs) Yes. You know, and I always say I only hire people that I have coached or that have worked with me or that I have like a connection to. But like that sometimes makes a really great gym environment, but sometimes it makes it very hard to be the boss, Mm -hmm. you know, but being selfish with what, like what my vision is going forward and not letting other people change that vision to a place that I don't see it going. Mm -hmm. Now that is not the same as somebody having, um, an expand and having an idea for expanding our, 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 our brand. That wasn't something I already thought of. Like to me, I'm like, Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That sounds great. That's different to me than okay. Well, Darian wants to go way over here on the left field, but like, I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. Like, that to me is what I'm gonna try to pull back from, right? Not you've got this great idea that was not in my wheelhouse at all, and then just knocking that out. No, Mm -hmm. I'm like, give me all the ideas. Yeah, that's awesome. But it's hard for me to even say that, like, to be selfish Mm -hmm. because I don't consider myself a super selfish person at all. Mm -hmm. I consider my like person. I consider myself like a a a owner of the people and of the coaches Mm -hmm. and of the the parents for the most part i
0: mean that has to be i guess a fine line oh yeah right because like we said earlier you know it's a business it's business right and at, at some point like like we said you have to confront that and say like am i gonna run this like a business or am
1: i gonna run this like a place for my friends to work and hang out oh exactly and it's like even if i wanted to run it as a place for my friends to work and hang out which sometimes my mentality kind of goes there because mm-hmm. i'm like I just want to be someplace where, like, even if you have a full time job, you just want to do this. Yeah. Like, you know, but like then I go, we need two bathrooms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The struggle. We do need two bathrooms. We need two bathrooms. And so the vision has to expand because we probably need to find some place. Yeah. You know, when we actually moved into this facility, we did a build out and there was a second bathroom, Mm -hmm. but it was going to take beyond the twenty thousand dollars almost to like move stuff around it was going to take like 30 extra days and that's actually what we did not have was 30 extra days right <laughs> to, to get open i and, wasn't i wasn't on staff there yeah
0: because i would have suggested yes, waiting,
1: but but now i'm like you know four years later i'm like we need two bathrooms it,
0: <laughs> like, would, be, it would be nice <laughs> it,
1: would, it wouldn't be nice the coach's office is like a changing room all the time sometimes it is you know but but yeah so I think just being m- more selfish and I don't want anybody to be like, yeah, you're being selfish. Like, no, it's actually hard to say those words. Yeah. But like that goes along with just like trusting my gut on stuff. And I think that everybody should yeah. trust their gut.
0: Yeah. And maybe that's even a, a, a more concise way to say it. It's like mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, you do have to trust yeah. yourself and your experience and the things that, you know, your vision. Because if, if it is something that you're owning and creating and building, yeah. at the end of the day, it is your vision.
1: Yeah, you know? and I want collaboration with that vision, but I just have to always make sure that, like, you know, the end game, that where we're going is the vision that we've always had. Right. And that vision can turn directions, and it can change, and it can adapt, but, like, you know, creating this and what we're doing mm-hmm. had a point, and, and it had a, sure. uh, you know, it it, it had a, a direction, and I just want to make sure we're staying in that direction. Mm-hmm. But, Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think that we've hit some pretty good goals. I Absolutely. mean, mine, again, we're, we're just giving myself pe- uh, some grace and reminding myself that, like, tenacity is taught in application and not in words. And when we're putting Band-Aids on bullet wounds. Mm-hmm. You just got to sometimes go, like, that's what we're going to do. Like, yeah. and, and not beat myself up over it. Um, I wanted to expand out of my comfort zone and expand the brand. Mm-hmm. And that's hard, but we're going to go with it. And then my last one was being more selfish and trusting my gut, really. Right, right. And making sure that my peace, my time, my energy, and my vision is still coming to fruition. Right.
0: And I had uh, being more flexible as a coach Mm -hmm. and be willing to get outside opinions and ideas just to become a better coach and um, be, you know, help your kids get better. I had um, kids having more fun and creating an environment that's stress-free, but also we're cultivating a place where kids have a desire um, to get better. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, I just had, um, creating a place where kids have a desire to overcome fears and jump over obstacles and uh, disassociating that I'm scared with, I can't continue to,
1: I'm scared, but I'm going to get up and try again. And again, I think when you look at all three of my goals and all three of your goals, they are 100% beyond just the math. Yeah. They are beyond just cheerleading and they right. are beyond just coaching. These are life mm-hmm. goals. And these are goals that hopefully, as we're pushing to achieve them, right. that we're taking people along on this Absolutely. with us, right? Because every single one of these is 100, five, six, seven, eight, and beyond, and beyond. We'll see you later. Bye, guys.